0: We're going to go through our service today, and like we usually do, we want to have a time of prayer. So I want to encourage all of you to pay attention in our prayers today, because today's prayers are very, very important, like all the others, okay? We're starting a new series on hearing God's voice, hearing the voice of God through dreams. Hearing the voice of God through dreams. And remember, this is December. We're getting ready for Christmas. So we're looking at the Christmas story. And in the Christmas story, you see that God actually spoke to people through dreams to bring about everything that we're about to celebrate in the next, what, three weeks? And so if it is like that, then how can we also hear God's voice for ourselves during this season. That's why we're looking at this topic, hearing the voice of God through dreams. And so, our prayer today, we will be praying about the spirit of revelation. The spirit of revelation. Why is this not working? Okay. The spirit of revelation. Now, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, the Bible says, And it, come to, it shall come to pass afterward, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. This is a promise from God about the last days. Those of you who were here during the Sunday school time, we talked about the last days. And we realize that we are in the last days. And this is a promise from God. I mean, if I were to promise you, Nana, that next week I will give you a $100 check. And you come around next week and I'm just talking like I never promised you anything. What will you do? Uh, remind you of what you said. You will remind me, right? Because it's $100. I mean, if it was like a dollar, I don't think you would bother. But $100 is... A lot to just let it slide by Even if I'm trying to really pretend That I didn't say anything She's going to say um, No, you said that you would give me a $100 check This is more than a $100 check That God promised us He said he will pour out his spirit The Holy Spirit Upon all flesh Your sons and daughters will prophesy Your old men will dream dreams Your young men will see visions What are dreams? What are visions? We'll talk about it today, but the simplest way to say it is that they are windows into the spirit realm. They are windows by which you see into the spirit realm. And it is something God has promised to give us, you and I, in these times that we are in. And just like a $100 check that I promised Nana, if she doesn't remind me, I am not going to give it to her. It's the same, God's promised it, but it's only for those who will ask him. Say, hey God, <laughs> you said you're going to pour your spirit on us in these times, that I will have dreams and I will have visions. I want them. And that's what we're praying now. In Acts two seventeen. Peter re that same verse from Joel. He says, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I mean, how cool will it be? You wake up in the morning, you're praying to God, and all of a sudden, boom, your eyes open, you're seeing visions, and God is showing you what's going to come on the exam. Man, really cool. But that's the promise of God. In Ephesians 1, 16 to 19, Paul, the apostle, prayed for the Christians in Ephesus. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. You know, these are prayers that I like to pray. I mean, rather than ask God for a car, ask God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. This one will give you two plenty, plenty cars. When you have this spirit of wisdom and revelation, you'll have more than cars. You'll have cars, but somebody asks for a car, they'll only have a car. You ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, man, you'll have more than cars. Do you get it? The spirit of wisdom and revelation comes upon a person, they have insight into spiritual things. And it is a gift. Do you know what a gift really means? If I give Chris a gift of $500 right now, what did he do to get a gift? Nothing nothing a gift he got that gift solely because of my generosity just because i decided i want to give him just because i have the money and i want to give him it's not because he worked for me right he's not worked for it he just got it because i am rich you say you guys say amen (laughs) i am rich and then i decided to give him five hundred dollars Same way, this is a gift from God. When he's given it, it's not like you've done something. It's just a gift. He has the stuff. And he says, I'm going to give it to you. You just have to ask me. And so any of us here, our spiritual eyes can be opened to see the things God wants to show us. And that's what we are praying. That Lord, let the spirit of wisdom and revelation rest upon Me, So that I will hear your voice Through visions and dreams Is that a nice prayer you want to pray? Yeah, it's a nice prayer Let the spirit of revelation rest upon me So that I will hear your voice Through visions and dreams I can tell you, any of us here Who will pray this prayer really from your heart You will will see amazing things Okay, let's close our eyes as we pray I want you to talk to God right now palo karamosh the spirit of revelation to rest upon us Lord we ask in faith because your word says it Lord not because we deserve it because we know Lord that we don't deserve it we don't deserve it at all but we're asking out of the goodness of your heart release upon us right now the spirit of revelation the spirit of revelation, that our eyes will see, that our ears will hear. Je koromanta parateskofolo briatiskos. Zituba selom vesomendose. Shadaskosopolo karitava zebodaya. Zibelende, if you can pray in tongues, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'll ask you to speak in tongues right now. Makorotasa velombre dos shdesikimadoske the spirit of revelation, Lord. That our eyes will be opened to have visions and dreams from you, O God. That we will hear your voice in these last days as you have promised, that you'll pour your spirit upon us. That we will see visions and have dreams. Do as you have said, Lord. Because you are not a man that you should lie. You are not like the son of man that you should repent. Whatever you have said, you will do it, Lord. Open our spiritual eyes. Open our spiritual ears. Cause us to hear. Cause us to understand the things that you reveal unto us by the spirit of revelation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I ask Gabriel to pray for us. We thank you for that, because we do pray that we create our for the messages through dreams. We pray that you will help us to fully understand what you're saying to us and that we may be able to apply this for our deal with so that if you may if you call us, we may know your word and your path for us Amen amen thank god talking about hearing god's voice through dreams shall we pray father you desire to speak to us in fact you're always speaking to us only that we fail to hear you most of the time and even when we do we don't understand so as we look into your word We're asking that by the Holy Spirit, the teacher, you will teach us, cause us to understand what needs to be done by us in a way that we can hear when you speak to us through dreams and visions. Because we believe that you are going to do that even as we have prayed this morning. We ask that you help us not to be distracted, but to be focused. Find your own way to reach our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Pray for myself, Holy Spirit, that you will empower me to proclaim your words just like Jesus would. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Hearing the voice of God through dreams. You can see from the scripture that's there, this was talking about Joseph, while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you don't get anything at all, you can see that from here in a dream, you can discover who to marry. Right? in a dream an angel appeared to him do not be afraid to take mary to be your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the holy spirit dreams are one of the most important experiences that anybody can have and god is so good that he does not limit dreams to christians even unbelievers have dreams Everybody has dreams. Okay? Now, uh, before we get into dreams fully, I want us to look closely at what are some of the benefits that we can get through dreams. In Job 33, verse 14, Michaela read for me. For God may speak in one way or another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering on their beds, Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. In order to turn man from his deed, purpose, or plan, and conceal pride from man, he keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Amen. God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. And then he tells us how God speaks. He says, in a dream, in a vision of the night. When deep sleep falls upon men. Now, if you study stages of sleep, I don't know if any of you have done that, but you'll do that if you study higher. In biology, as part of biology or physiology or whatever. Stages of sleep. So, there is the first part of sleep where you are not in deep sleep. Right? Then, that's where if somebody walks about in the room, you kind of notice and then maybe wake up then you move on into deep sleep. Deep sleep is where you, it's like you are dead, <laughs> right? You're not aware of whatever is going on. In deep sleep, it says, while slumbering on their beds, when deep sleep falls upon men, God speaks to men through dreams. So it's not talking about just Christians, everybody. <clears throat> Even King Nebuchadnezzar, God spoke to him through a dream. Even Pharaoh, God spoke to him through a dream. You understand? That's why I personally believe one of the most important subjects to teach you guys is dreams. Because everybody has a dream. Who is here who never dreams? You've never ever had a dream ever in your life. Right. So all of us have dreams. Now, the scripture is saying God speaks. The point number one that I want to highlight is that God is always speaking to you. I, I mean, I don't care if you are not hearing him or you are not aware. The truth is God is always speaking to you, whoever you are. God is always trying to speak to you, right? And is it germane? God is speaking to you every time, right? The problem is we don't perceive him. He says, yet man does not perceive it. To perceive, one, speaks of hearing him, but two, it goes beyond hearing him to understanding him. So right now, as I'm talking to you, all of you, you can all hear my voice, right? But I can tell you that not all of you are perceiving what I'm saying. Because to perceive is to go beyond hearing to actually getting it. Right? That's perceiving. So sometimes people who have a dream, they'll wake up and not remember it at all. So they didn't even hear. Other times, they will wake up, they will remember it but they don't understand it. So, God is speaking. God is really trying to tell you something, but you are not perceiving it. Then he says, why does, he, why, why does God try to speak to us? Because, verse 16, he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. So, God tries to speak to us because he wants to instruct us to do something or not to do something. He gives us instruction, right? Right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that. So God speaks to us to give us instruction, and then, in order to turn man from his deed, and that word deed is also purpose or plan or way. So you know how sometimes you plan. I'm planning to do something. Let's say tomorrow, I'm going to meet a man at Tim Hortons to sign a business contract. So I've planned my way. Tomorrow, And then this night when I sleep, God comes to me to speak to me in a dream to turn me away from my plan because he knows that man is a crook. He's going to take all my money and run away. And God knows that, but I don't know that. So God will come to me in the night and speak to me and say, this man who is coming, let's say I have a dream as I sleep tonight and then I meet this man because rarely will you have a dream like Joseph's dream where God appears to you and says, My son, do not sign that contract because he's going to run away with your money. I mean, that rarely. Occasionally you have dreams like that. But dreams are couched in symbolic language. So, I could have a dream tonight and then I'm, I go to Tim Hortons and this man is coming and behind him is the devil. So he's coming to sign the contract with me, but the, the friend that he's coming with is the devil. And I see that in my dream and then I wake up. What do you think God is telling me? You are going to sign a contract with the devil. Advise yourself. Right? That's how God speaks. So then he would have instructed me to turn me away from my plan, my way, my purpose. And then to conceal pride from man. Because your own way is 100% of the time a prideful way. Me, I, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to accomplish. Right? Rarely do we pause to say, um, what about what God wants for me? What about what God wants me to do rather than what I want to do? So when God speaks to us and instructs us in a dream, what he's also actually doing is to hide pride away from you so that I cannot say, That by my own strength and wisdom, I have achieved what I have achieved. I know fully in my heart, had it not been God who came to me in a dream and told me not to sign that contract with that man, I would be knee deep into debt by now. I know that. And so then I would say, oh, by God's grace, I am where I am. You get it? So he speaks to us to hide pride from man. Then, this is a very important part, where through dreams, God actually protects your life. It says to keep back his soul from the pit. The pit is the grave, like the grave we put our brother and daddy in, right? Sometimes through dreams, God will actually save your life from untimely death. Don't go there. God speaks to you in a dream. You're planning to go to Wonderland this Saturday. God speaks to you in a dream. Don't go. And then you hear him and you listen and you don't go. And then on Monday, you hear in the news, this roller coaster fell apart and all the people on it died. Right? What what just happened? God saved your life from the pit. Okay? And then he keeps his life from perishing by the sword. So same. So dreams are actually one of the very important things that you experience in your life. That is why I personally, I mean, I've taught Sunday school before we started. I was a Sunday school teacher. I always tell people, pay attention to your dreams. Don't take your dreams for granted. Pay attention to your dreams. And that's why during this three-week series that we're doing... I mean, I'll ask of you to give me your full attention. Okay? Give me your full attention. This could save your life. Alright? Let's move on. What happens when people don't understand their dreams? There are three reactions that could you could fall into when you wake up or you have a dream you don't understand. Number one is that you fear. You fear. Job said, when I say my bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint. Then you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions. So fear and terror could be outputs or results of a dream or a vision. I mean, how many of us have woken up from a dream and you're like shaking, really shaking, scared to death, right? You all have dreams like that where you wake up, I've had dreams like that. You wake up and like, whoa, what's this? And you're scared to death. And we'll talk about it today, actually, um, how to avoid having those kind of dreams. But fear is one um, reaction. The other reaction is confusion. You're confused. You don't understand the dream. What could this be? This is, sorry? You're always confused, right? Daniel said, I saw a dream which made me afraid, right? And the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me, troubled me, right? So this wasn't Daniel. This was, I think, King Nebuchadnezzar. He had a dream and he was telling Daniel that the dream that he had, troubled him made him confused i don't get it what could this be i mean imagine pharaoh having a dream and you see seven lean cows and seven fat cows and the lean cows swallow the seven fat cows and then you wake up i mean what kind of dream is this right but that is a dream that is going to save a whole nation Imagine Pharaoh just woke up and said, what is this? This nonsense. Maybe because I was thinking about cows when I was going to bed. That's how come I had this dream. And then he just forgets about it. Egypt will have been wiped off of the map with famine if Pharaoh didn't pay attention to that dream. Okay? So confusion. The other reaction or the other outcome when people don't understand their dreams is deception. Deception. Because you don't understand the dream, the devil can easily deceive you. Easily. And I'll give you, I have many examples in my own life, but I'll share some with you. (laughs) I'm sure you'll enjoy. Um, But realize that you can be deceived, even in a dream. Okay? In 1 Timothy 4.1, the Bible says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly, That in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So there are deceiving spirits that are crying for your attention. They want your attention. They'll come speak to you as though it is God speaking to you. That's that's deception, right? Remember in the morning I said deception is something that is wrong appearing to be true. So it's not in your face that this is wrong. It's presented as though it's coming from God, intended to deceive you. Okay? I remember one time there was this, this was in Westy, back in Ghana. There was this lady who was interested in me. And then I went to pray in the field. So I prayed went to bed i mean what's the best time that you would assume that this dream that i'm having is from god isn't it after you have prayed mm-hmm. right so if i'm the devil and i want to deceive you when do you think is the right time for me to give you a dream oh, the devil can give you dreams too oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it today so i went to bed and in a dream i receive a text message on my phone and the text message is from heaven i know what the text message says do not be afraid to take Araba Smart as your wife. That's what the text message said. What do you think? Then should be my conclusion. Arab-smart. Heaven is saying, Araba Smart is my wife. No, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys with me, um, Princess and Emmanuel and Brianna? Are you guys with me? Yeah. Okay. This lady, I mean, that's not her real name, but whichever lady that is, and it's not Frida, my wife. Yeah, of course, it's not Frida, my wife. So, but the point is that you can have a dream, that's deception, and you have to be able to know how to understand. The dream. That's actually what we'll fo- focus on today, understanding dreams. Next week, we'll talk about how to interpret your dreams. Okay, so today we're just looking at how do I really know what to do with a dream when I have it. Sources of dreams. Sources of dreams. So the important thing is if you are going to understand a dream, you must First, know where the dream is coming from. If you don't know where the dream is coming from, you're already deceived. B- I mean, bingo, deception for you. You have to be able to know where the dream is coming from. Now there are, Judah, are you with me? The Bible says in First Corinthians 14:10. Judah, can you read for me? First 1 Corinthians 1410. Can you see? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's okay. That's, so there, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, right? And none of them is without signification or significance. How many voices are there in the world? Seven, over 7 billion. Over 7 billion, okay. It says so many. So many kinds of voices. Now, it's not just talking about. So, what are, what's one of the voices that there are? There's God's voice. There's a human voice, so like, you hear my voice, right? There's a human voice, there's God's voice, the voice of animals, the voice of evil spirits, right? There are many, many voices. But he's saying that none of these is just meaningless. All of them have significance. And you have to know which of the voices you need to pay attention to. This is the foundation. If you miss this part... You're going to always be confused about your dreams. You have to, to be able to understand dreams, you have to know the source of the dream. Jesus heard many voices when he was fasting. He heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, he heard the voice of his flesh, and he heard the voice of the devil when he was fasting. I mean, he's fasting. You would think that after doing 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, the only voice you will hear is God's voice. Wouldn't you think so? I mean, being on a fast. How many of us has fasted three days? Continuous. Oh, no, food. no food for three days. For all three days. No breaking in the night. Just three days. Who wants to try it? I'll do it with you. I'll encourage you. I'll sing for you. I'll cheer for you. You, you, you won't die. I'm still here. I'm not dead. Right? But anyway... Jesus did that for 40 days, not three days, 40 days. He only drank water, no food, just water, 40 days. So, after 40 days, you would think that the only voice you would hear is God's voice. But actually, no. Three different kinds of voices he hears. He hears the voice of the Holy Spirit beginning. He says, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to start the fasting was with him throughout the fasting. So he had God's voice. Then, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, for 40 days he was being tempted, and in those days he ate nothing, and after when he, was, he had ended, he was hungry. His stomach was speaking to him, you need to eat something. Right? I mean, how many of us, you're starting a fast, six to six fast, at 10 a.m., your stomach is calling for something. I mean, and then your head is aching, right? It's, it's, all that is the voice of your flesh speaking to you. You can't make it. Get some awache and just settle yourself. This one is for the, for the pastors to fast. You can't do this fast. It's the voice of your flesh, okay? And Jesus heard that voice. Then the devil said to him, so he also heard the voice of the devil so these are three voices that can be the source of your dreams one your flesh can give you dreams two the devil can give you dreams and three god can give you dreams our main focus is hearing the voice of god through dreams but Before you can hear the voice of God through dreams, you have to be able to weave out the voice of the flesh and the voice of the devil. And that's why we're going to focus on, um, for today, the voice of the flesh and the voice of the devil and how to weave that chaff out so we can then focus on the voice of God. Now, the flesh. Any questions so far? Okay. Okay. So, in talking about the flesh, the devil, and God, flesh in Ecclesiastes 5 3 and 7. Beverly, read for me. For a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there is also vanity, but fear of God. Amen. Amen. So, he's saying here, one of the ways that you can get dreams is through much activity, right? If you've been spending the whole day studying about chemistry, you're studying chemistry the whole day because you're preparing for your exam, and you sleep, and you have a dream about chemicals and reactions, do you think that uh, it may be god giving you that dream no it's likely it's coming from much activity that your flesh or your body has been engaged in right so it's not every dream you need to pay attention to to answer your question but to know that you have to know the source of the dream and so you always have to ask yourself where could this dream be coming from okay now There's a caveat there, because if you are not careful, you will disregard important dreams that you will think is coming from your flesh. I'll give you an example. In Acts, in the book of Acts, Peter the apostle was hungry. There's actually actually another scripture. Let's read that, and then I'll talk about this. Um, Who will read this scripture for me? Michaela. As when a hungry man dreams and beholds, he's eating and awakes with his hunger, not, his hunger not satisfied. Whereas when a thirsty man dreams and he he's drinking and awakes faint, with his thirst not quenched. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fighting against Mount Zion. Amen. So this scripture is actually revealing, revealing to us that sometimes a hungry man can dream because he's hungry, and in his dream he will be eating. Right? Not- A thirsty man dream, and in his dream he's thirsty, uh, he's drinking to quench his thirst. So his dream is actually nothing to do with God speaking to him, but I have everything to do with what he's feeling in his body at the time of his sleep. Okay? Yes, Beverly? When would you put that tell your mom uh, yeah 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 I heard that a lot um, there is there is some truth to that one thing when we talk about interpreting the dreams uh, next week, one thing you would realize is that there isn't always one interpretation to uh, some scenes in a dream that for instance that when you um dream and you're eating that it's not good that that's always the interpretation for eating in a dream no there are many 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 interpretations and the interpretation of a dream is not with a particular man the bible says interpretation of dreams belong to god okay so we'll talk about it next week i don't want to jump ahead of myself um a clear example is the apostle peter he was hungry he wanted to eat he got home, the food was not ready. I mean, guys, you bear me witness, how does it feel when you are so hungry and you get home and food is not ready? I don't like it at all. Man. Right? And so it's like that with him. He was hungry. He's Peter the Apostle. He can't do anything. So he goes upstairs and lies down in bed. in bed. You know the dream he had? It was a special kind of dream. It's called a trance. Okay? Are you guys with me? Hello? Is that Ernest? Yeah. Ernest, I want to see your face, please. There's no water. There's no water? Are you th- you're thirsty. And if I dream, maybe you Sorry? Water, so- okay, go get water. I just want you to miss all the exciting stuff. No, look, I'm Can you carry... Oh. oh. Thank you, Ruthie. Thank you, Vanessa. Where is <laughs> And can you ask mommy to bring us the communion? we have communion here. She brought this to me. This is only for me. Enjoy. We will dream about eating. We will have to call it cheese. Okay. Um, I you I was no, to- let's finish talking and then we'll, talk about, we'll, we'll deal with this. <laughs> Don't be distracted by it. We were just talking about food, see? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. How many of you are already feeling hungry? Okay. Where was I? Where was I? Francisca, where was I? I was talking about water. Peter's dream, trance, right. So Peter had a special kind of dream, which is called a trance. A trance is when you are at the first part of sleep, you are not really asleep, and then you see something, right? You're not like wide awake, but you're also not fully asleep. You're still aware of your surroundings. Sometimes even in a trance, you could even hear the conversation that's going on around, but then you know um, that you are seeing something. So he has a trance, and in his trance, so remember he was hungry, he didn't get, the food was not ready, so he went up. And then in his sleep, or in his trance, he sees all these animals. Hello, guys. Please pay attention. You're, you're disturbing. So he sees this, all these animals coming from heaven, and a voice from heaven saying, Peter, arise, kill, and eat. I mean, if you come out from such a vision or dream, what would be your conclusion? I think I was so hungry that I'm already dreaming about food. But no, God was actually speaking to him about taking the gospel to non-Jews. And because he paid attention and listened, the gospel now is with people like us because we are not Jews, right? So when I say that your flesh, um, you should not pay attention to dreams coming from your flesh. You also need to be careful which dream you are thinking that it's coming from your flesh because sometimes it could actually be a message from god so don't just stop there let's go on you'll understand how you can tell if something is coming from god so that's the flesh when something is of the flesh it doesn't last and i put in brackets there if you are spiritual when god gives you a dream it lasts for a long time in your memory one way you can tell that a dream is coming from your flesh is that it's transient. You know, the Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 23-24, Princess, can you read for me? <coughs> is this been born again, not a- La- louder a bit, please. Been born again, uh-huh. Amen. He says, all flesh is as grass, and the grass withers away. It's describing a certain characteristic of things that come from your flesh, that they don't last. They are transient. So most of the time, um, if you are a spiritual person, I want you to note that if you are spiritual, because if you are not spiritual, you could have dreams from your flesh that appear to stay with you, right? Because you're already not spiritual. You're spiritual, what does it mean by you're spiritual? You're somebody who, you're sensitive to God, you pray, you, you live in a way to please God, so you're kind of spiritual. You still will have dreams from your flesh, but when you are spiritual, those dreams from your flesh are transient, as in, you have it this night, probably by the end of the day, you've even forgotten the dream you had. Like It it doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't alarm you, right? And then it just vanishes away. It just fades out. But when you're spiritual and you have a dream that is not from your flesh, like I could tell you many dreams that I've had many, many years ago that are still fresh in my mind right now like it happened yesterday. Fresh in my mind because those are Dreams from the Spirit of God. Okay, let's move on. Now, you also have dreams from the devil. The devil also gives dreams. And it's very important that you are aware that the devil also gives us dreams. Can I ask um, Francisca to read for me? All will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall serve. Amen. This is Jesus. Remember we talked about the temptation that he had, the devil tempted him. Jesus is there, the devil comes, and the devil is showing Jesus something. Okay? How is it possible for you to stand here? and then see the whole world in a moment. Is it possible? Is it physically possible for someone to stand here in one location and see all the cities of the world with all their glory, right, in one moment? It's not possible. The only way that's possible is in a vision. In a vision, it's possible. Like I could be here and see in a vision things that are happening in multiple places as the Lord will have me to see. And the devil can do that. Okay, The devil can actually give people visions and dreams. Now, if Jesus, the son of God, the devil could show him something. What makes you think That the devil cannot give you a dream. Who's here who thinks the devil cannot give them a dream? I mean, if Jesus could see something that the devil was showing him, then you could also go to bed and the devil can show you something. And if you will do well with your dreams, then you will have to be able to tell that this dream that I've just had this night is coming from the devil And I'm going to wake up and rebuke the devil. Do you get it? Next week, maybe next week or the next, we'll talk about how to respond to your dreams. And there I'll show you how you need to deal with some of these dreams when you have them. So the devil can give dreams. Demonic dreams. For the rest of our time this morning, we'll talk about demonic dreams. Okay? And then we'll pray. And we'll pick it up again next week. So the flesh... God, and then the devil, right? So the flesh, the devil, and God. we talk about the flesh, we're talking about the devil. The devil can give dreams. Dreams given by the devil, we're calling them what? Demonic dreams. Now, Jude talks about how is it that people get demonic dreams, okay? Demonic dreams. It's not always the case. Sometimes the devil crosses the line and still shows you some dream, but that's where you wake up and rebuke him. But there are those there are still those people or some of us who are constantly being tormented by demonic dreams. Right? And want to examine how that happens. Jude chapter 1 verse 4, verse 7 and verse 8. Can I have Tyler to read for me? Certain individuals whose <coughs> condemnation was written about long ago in among you. They are ungodly people who prevent, pervert the grace of our God into a license for immortality. Immorality. Immorality, sorry. And deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and pervert, perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Amen. This is a very important scripture for what we're going to talk about. So pay attention. Jude, Jude is just one chapter. So just a book before Revelation. And Jude was actually the half-brother of Jesus. Okay. So his mother was Mary, who gave birth to Jesus. Jude's mother was Mary, who was a half-brother of Jesus. And he writes, and he's saying that there are some people who have come in into the church unawares. It's not here, but if you read from verse 1, there are people who have crept into the church unawares. And these are people who are ungodly people. And they turn the grace of God into a license for sin. In other words, you've heard about the grace of God, right? God is gracious. He's forgiving. God will forgive you no matter your sin, right? That's the grace of God. So these are people who say, you know what? All it matters is that you believe in Jesus. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how you live your life. You can be gay, can be homosexual. You can be whatever, right? God will still forgive you um, as long as you love people. God's grace is sufficient for you. It doesn't matter what you do you sin, if you steal, um, whatever, God understands that we're all human beings. Nobody's perfect. He, He is always forgiving and loving. Is that what Jesus will say? What did Jesus say to the woman who was caught in adultery? Go and sin less. Sin no more. Not go and sin less. Go and sin no more. Right? So Jesus, of course, accepts her. Doesn't say you are an adulteress, get away. No. Accepts her and then tells her, you have come to me, you must strive and live holy. Do you get it? Doesn't mean you may, not, you may never sin, but when you do sin, realize that that is, the, is out of the way. It's not the normal way. The normal way is to live and please God. So these people come in and they say all these sort of things. And he's saying that they are are people who are similar to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. What happened in Sodom and Gomorrah? Homosexuality, sexual immorality that you can never even imagine, right? And he says, they gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion, and they serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers, So here he is describing all the the people who do all these things, he's describing them with one phrase: filthy dreamers. These filthy dreamers, they do there are three things that make them filthy dreamers. They defile the flesh. Number two, they reject authority. Number three, they speak evil of dignitaries. Demonic dreams always happen when you fall to any of these three things, you all of a sudden become a filthy dreamer. In other words, your dreams are... Filth is injected into your dreams by demons, okay? That's how come the devil then gives you dreams. Let's talk about defiling the flesh. When you defile your flesh, you open the door to demonic dreams. I mean, clearly. That's demonic, Wait, demonic yeah. dreams is like sexual immorality? <laughs> and more. Oh, and more. Okay. So, like, we'll talk about it. So, so I'll give you an example of a demonic dream that somebody, had. somebody had. Somebody dreamt, exactly. lying in bed, and then a being a certain being came into their room, into, into his room, and climbed over on top of him. He realized that this being was actually his auntie who was dead. And and the being, are you listening? The being climbed over him, put her mouth on top of his mouth, and began to spew something from within her uh, herself into him so spewed it into him got up and left and then he woke up very scary but that is clearly a demonic dream you know when when you have dreams like that that you get up from and you're like especially filled with fear most likely it's a demonic dream now, the, the, why I'm, te- I'm teaching you this is I don't want you to have these dreams before you react. You want, to, you want to prevent those from even happening. How do you prevent them from happening? Here, he's talking about filthy dreamers. Dreams like that only will happen when you open a door for the demons to misbehave. right? The devil can only act when you allow him. Right, so if you open the door, the Bible says in the Ecclesiastes, the one who breaks the hedge, the snake will bite him. In other words, when we are Christians, God has always put a hedge of protection about us. Remember when, when um, God was boasting about Job to Satan, and God was saying, "Have you seen my servant Job? How that he obeys me and fears me and everything?" And you know what Satan replied? Satan said, read Job chapter 1, guys. Satan said, have you not built a hedge about him, about his house, and about all that he has? Satan could see that Job was heavily protected, so he couldn't touch him. And the same with us. We are, all, we are surrounded by a hedge of protection. The devil can't touch us, except when you break that hedge. You break that hedge when you sin. And so the Bible says, whoever breaks the hedge, the snake, you know the snake, right? The snake will bite him. The snake is the devil. The snake is demons. So when you defile your flesh, you open the door to demonic dreams. I mean, you try and monitor what I'm telling you. Anytime you get yourself defiled in your body, guaranteed you have weird dreams at night. In Galatians 5, it talks to us about our flesh. Okay? Um, Courtney, can you read for me? Galatians 5:19 to 21. Yeah. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, <coughs> the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, immorality impurity, lustful pleasures, adultery, sorcery, hostility, cur- queerly, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts, of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wall parties, and other sins like these, let me tell (laughs) you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that's written without meaning. Even the, Jesus said, not even one jot of scripture will go unfulfilled what it means is that even the commas and the full stops have meaning like it's a jot of scripture so that the bible takes all the care to list all of these things it's not just for listing sake it's actually listing all the sins that are in the flesh that open the door for demonic dreams, like defile the flesh. She says the sins, the desires of your sinful nature. Now, if you see clearly in these, there are four categories of sins that defile the flesh. The first category is sexual sins. Sexual sins. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. I mean, you know, there are some people who, like, physically are virgins, but in their mind, they are worse than (laughs) you know, you know what I mean, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's that part that part is this one impurity impurity guys, listen listen, listen Jesus said, whoever looks at a woman lastfully. Does that go for women too? Yes, goes for women too. Whoever looks at a woman or whoever looks at a man lastfully. Or lastfully means with the actual Greek word there. Guys, listen, pay attention. If you keep talking, we won't finish this stuff. And we'll never get to interpreting dreams because I'm not going to skip otherwise you won't get it the actual greek word there it says to look with desire right that's the word last word to look so with desire oh, I, I can get married to that. so that's oh look at that I like that right and then <laughs> and then you are you are wishing you're wishing that you actually had him or her that is looking with desire no not not that not not that good looking what if like, look at celebrity oh, that's my yeah looking you can't think someone's hot. sorry no that's wrong to to think that uh, i mean look if somebody is passing by guys listen what would you think of me if you are standing with me and a lady passes by and i go like ooh that's hot Right. What would, you, what would you think of me? Gabriel, what would you think of me? I'm, you're standing with me and a lady is passing by and I say, oh, she's hot. What would you think of me? Yeah, but what would you think of me? Guys, quiet. You think that I'm lasting, right? But what if I tell you that, oh, I'm not lasting, I'm just saying she's hot? Will you believe me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So is like, I saying that she's good looking? Would you so? Would you still? Would you still think that it was okay for me to have said that? Yeah, sure. I mean, guys, be very honest. No, I would not. Would. If I wasn't married, but I'm still your pastor. Okay, but like if you're a pastor, like you're a normal know. guy. Aha. Uh-huh. So, so you're saying if I was a pastor, then it will be, f- uh, it won't be fine. But if I was a normal guy and I'm not a pastor, oh. it would be okay. You're married. Say so I'm not married. Okay, okay then that's fine. fine. And I'm a pastor. Okay. It's still fine. It's fine. You're, you're looking for a wife. You're searching. Oh, she's hot. Okay. Oh, my <laughs> <you> about <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, listen. Alright, listen, pay attention. Yes, Nana. It depends on you say it. But if you say somebody's hot, that means you're lusting. If you say, Oh, he's good looking. That's different from saying something. I agree with her. See I agree with her. Now guys, listen. The point is four categories of defiling your four four ways in which you can defile your flesh. The first one is sexual sins. Now, sexual sins, I'm kind of highlighting on that because we're all young people. That is our biggest, biggest challenge because we are full of desire and passion. Uh, and it's not wrong. You know, who gave you those passions? Who gave you those desires? Do you think it was the devil? No, it was God. Right. But those desires need to be held in check for the right time. Right. And up until that time, you have to hold it in check. You It isn't just lo- let it go loose. If you don't, you open the door for demonic dreams. And demonic dreams can destroy a person's life, right? So s- sexual scenes like pornography, you know, there are some books you should never read. There are some movies you should never watch. I tell you my personal... I tell you my personal principles. One, even when I'm, I'm married, I'm, I'm married, but I don't watch any sexually explicit scene in anything, whether it's a commercial, whether it's in a Christian movie. You no, know, there are some Christian movies that have sexual scenes. When I'm watching a movie and two people are kissing... I close my eyes. It's my no listen. I'm not saying that it's wrong if you do. I'm just telling you how intentional I am to make sure that every door to demonic dreams is shut. I am very intentional. Because what one second, Michaela, because I'll tell you why I'm so particular about those things. Because I know God speaks to me a lot through dreams. And I don't want the devil to come and deceive me in my dreams, right? So I'm very, very intentional and particular. Where's the garbage? The garbage is out there by the door. Okay. Michaela, you had your hand up. I was a fact. Pornography porn number 1, 2, and 11, Top Church in Toronto. Top what? In Canada, search wow <laughs> wow now guys you see your phones your phones i tell you my phone i like a smartphone because on my phone is everything i need to connect to god i mean you find my bible there i have a I, I, I like Microsoft OneNote, that's where all my notes are. Like even this sermon, I did it in OneNote. So even on my phone, I do it on my computer. I can access it on my phone anywhere, right? I can do anything on my phone pertaining to God and ministry. So very powerful. But that same phone can take me to hell if I am not intentional about building walls. Like, and that, those were some, one of the walls was what I was telling you. It's an intentional thing that I, for myself, I don't do this, period. I don't care what you think. I just don't do it. Okay? There are videos on YouTube. I watch a lot of videos on YouTube. If you come to my YouTube feed, I put all the controls there. If I search for something, I don't want anything explicit coming in. Oh yeah, you have to do that. You, you have to go into your settings, you have to go into your settings, and then you turn it on saying, I don't want any explicit thing in my search history. So you won't see anything like that. When I get emails, you know sometimes you get junk emails, I always will check the email before I even open it. If not, I will not click on any link. Sometimes you'll be on your thing and then something will just pop up. You won't get that on my computer because I've, I have pop-up blockers all through. Do you get it? So nothing will pop up. Why? Guys, listen. Why, why do I do all this? Do you think that, oh, maybe... What, let, me, let me put it this way. If I'm such a spiritually strong person, why should all this matter? I should be strong enough that even if they're kissing on the screen, it shouldn't bother me. Right? I should, sh- I should be such a spiritually strong man that, oh, it won't do anything to me. Oh, you're joking. You'll be there and be watching it. Hmm. You become like a zombie in the next two, three months. Because that's always how the devil starts and gets people into porn. You ask anybody who's gotten into pornography, it never started with, I'm just all of a sudden going to go into it. It started with one little thought on some very innocent looking scene. Then you realize that, oh, I could go further. Oh, I could take it a step further. And before you realize, you are hooked. Now, if, any, if anyone here like that, and you, you're struggling with something like that, you want to be free, it is possible for you to be free. <laughs> The first step, guys, pay attention. The first step to being free from sexual sin is by talking about it. That's the first step, talking about it to someone. You can talk to it to me. Now, you have to be careful who you talk to about things like that, not just anybody. Your pastor is one of the good people you can talk to about. Sorry? No, I I wouldn't do that. It's it's against it's against ministry ethics. I would never do that. If you confide in it, unless unless it's something that is um, threatening to your life, that I'm required by the law, not even your parents. I'm required by the law to inform the authorities. So let's say somebody comes to me and tells me, I'm thinking of killing myself tomorrow. Right that's not something i'll just say oh i'm keeping quiet i'm going to pray about yes i'll pray about but i also need to inform other people to make sure that doesn't happen because if i don't do that i will not be doing my job properly so otherwise other than things that are life threatening anything else that you share with me stays with me and if if it's necessary and i need to talk to anyone i will always get your permission and if you say no, I'm not saying anything to anyone. Now, the point is, if you talk about it to someone, like I remember one guy in the congregation was struggling with, with um, sexual sin. And he told me, right, that set him free just by telling me, just by knowing that there's somebody who holds hold you accountable, who hold you responsible, who will check up on you and call you, hey, how is it going, how are you doing? Right, and you know that if you fall again, you are disappointing this person. That alone... Hello, guys. Princess. You want me to move you? Huh? You're disturbing us. Okay. What was I even saying? See, you made me lose my train of thought. You were talking about how Right. So sexual sense is one of the way. The other... The other way you defy your flesh, are you listening, is what? If we look at the categories, so there's sexual sin, then here, idolatry, sorcery, those refer to the occult. When you get yourself involved in the occult, you open up yourself to demonic dreams. So let me just backtrack a bit. When you get yourself involved in sexual immorality, so when you're watching porn, (laughs) you're watching sexually active movies, you are um, engaged in some wild imaginations and stuff, or you are having, you're in fornication with your boyfriend or girlfriend, um, crossing the boundaries and doing stuff you shouldn't do, you will have demonic dreams. I mean, guaranteed. It's not some witch from your home who is after you. It's the things you are doing that is bringing those dreams. Are you following? Yes. Now we move on to the occult. The occult like idolatry, sorcery, um, going to psychics, doing following horoscopes. Wait, horoscope? Horoscope is demonic. Yeah. What do you mean by <laughs> What I mean by following it guys listen Hello Are you are you listening Guys we are over our time What I mean by following it is number 1 reading it reading it Like me for instance you ask me what, how do they even call it? What's your, oh, What's your what? Sign. Yeah, see, I don't even want to know. I'm I'm I don't even want to know. And you have to, are you listening? You have to be intentional about forgetting it. You know, somebody was asked, oh, do you remember this thing? And his response was, oh, I intensely remember forgetting it. Yeah. Because there are some things that you have to intentionally decide this thing. I'm going to wipe it off of my memory. You know, like delete from your mind. And horoscopes is one of them. Anytime. See, if the devil writes a book. And in his book, he's talked about me. And about my life. And I care enough to pick up that book to read. What do you think I'm telling the devil? Yeah, come and give me more. Come and give me more. So you will have demonic dreams. Do you get it? That is why you have to run away from encounter with the occult. Now, the occult comes in many, many shapes and forms that is so innocent, like yoga. You know, yoga is occultic, right? But now it's painted in our schools like an exercise. It's part of our school curriculum. But if you, Liz, Liz, I'll come to you, okay? But if you study the roots of yoga, It's coming from Hinduism. Hello? Brianna and Princess. The next time I mention your name, I'll be moving you. Yes, Liz. What about mediums? Yes, mediums, psychics. You get demonic dreams. Now, I'll give you an example from the Bible. Are you interested? Yes, yes, yes. Hello? How, you, how many of you know of King Saul? King Saul went to a medium, right? He went to a medium. He wanted to find out if he's going to win the battle or not. And so the medium, he asked the medium, can you call the spirit of Saul, of Samuel who was dead so I can ask him? Hello? So she does her thing and some being comes up from the earth. And when that being comes up from the earth, she realizes that that was quote-unquote Samuel. And that being then speaks through her to Saul and tells Saul what will happen. And whatever that being said happened to Saul. Right, what was it that he said? He said, you're going to lose the battle and you're going to die. And he said, and tonight you will be with me where I am. Now, does that sound like Samuel? Where do you think Samuel would, would be? Do you think someone will come out from the earth? No. Do you think Saul and Samuel, after they are dead, they will all be in the same place? But what does the being say? He says, You will be with me where I am. Right? So it was not Samuel, it was a demon impersonating Samuel. We call them familiar spirits. You see? Why was that demon able to deceive Saul? Because Saul went to a medium, opened the door for a demonic revelation. Yes, Anel. Did he know that like, mediums were like, He knew. He was actually the king that banned all mediums all through Israel. So he even had a hard time finding one because when he became king and he was following God at the time, he made it illegal for people to be mediums. So all the witches and mediums left. But at this time, he had so much backsliding that instead of going to God, he decided, let's find maybe there's still one more medium somewhere. And he found one. So he knew it was wrong. Now, the other category, pay attention, is what? Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. All of this is speaking about quarreling and fighting when you are somebody who is always contentious i don't talk to this one this one is not my friend i don't like this one i will never forgive her i will never forgive him when you are like that you have opened the door to demonic dreams are you with me of course forgiveness too You want to share that with us? Okay. So quarrelling, and fighting opens you up to demonic dreams. I tell you, I tell you one thing. One time, somebody offended me. Somebody was really close to me. It really, really hurt me that they they done that thing. And psh, are you listening? Now I was so hurt Yo guys, why is exactly. I was so hurt that I knew if I didn't do anything about it, it will affect my Christian life. And so what I decided to do I, was, I, I started praying for the person who has, the person who has hurt me. And then in praying for the person, I felt I needed to buy a gift nice. for the person who has offended me. The person who has hurt me, you know. I am rather buying a gift what to give to the person. And that was exactly what I did. The moment that gift left my hands, whatever the person had done left my heart. I, I, I never held anything against the person. Are you still friends with the person? No. Uh, not because I've decided not to. I've traveled, lost contact, not only with yeah. that person, but with all my other friends that I had. Now, the point is, the responsibility to forgive somebody is on you who has been offended, not on the person who offended you. Are you getting me? If you don't release the person, you are putting yourself in prison. And in that prison, Jesus gave a parable about the person who will not forgive. When you go, go and find that scripture. The person who will not forgive. At the end of the parable, Jesus said, the one who will not forgive, he will be thrown to the tormentors to torment them. Those tormentors are demons. So, anyone who works in unforgiveness, always fighting, always mansu chain. You know what manso chain is? Manso chain is an English word which means chain mansu. <laughs> 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 Quarreling. Okay, now the last category of sins is. What? Drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. It's talking about sinful pleasures, pleasurable things, like partying. Like it's not wrong to party, but they are wild parties. Parties that don't honor God. Parties that if Jesus was your friend, you would not take him to that party. I mean it could be anything. You could have you could have clubbing in your home. Right? You don't have to go to the club. You could have clubbing in your home. The point is, if there are certain parties that you think that if Jesus was to appear, you would not like for him to see you there. You shouldn't go there. It doesn't matter if it's your best friend who is having that party. I mean, me. Me. nana me. If you are my best friend, whatever, and you are having a party birthday party, where they are going to do things that won't honor God. You invite me. I won't come. Eh? I won't come. I don't care if you stop being my friend. Me, my going to heaven is more important to me than anybody else. You have a question? Okay. Now let's move on. So when you defile your flesh, you open the door to demonic demons. We've talked about these four categories. <coughs> Now, number two way to demonic dreams is when you reject authority. When you reject authority. Remember the scripture in Jude 1, 8. It says, likewise, all these filthy dreamers, they defile their flesh. They reject authority. There are three relationships by which God has set authority. Number one is the relationship between a husband and a wife. Are you guys listening? God has set it that the man is the head of the woman, of, the, of his wife. And the man, the head of the man is who? The head of the man is Christ. It's Christ. And the head of the woman is who? The man. Okay? The head of the woman is the man. The head of the man is who? God said that. I didn't set that. <laughs> are yes, that's all from the devil. Yeah. Wait, so we are the... equal in the sense that in God's eyes, a man is not better than a woman, and a woman is not better than a man. In that sense, we are equal. But in the sense of uh, leading a home, a man is the head, and the woman is under the man. And the man is under Christ. So I'm saying this to you um, folks, because you are going to get married, right? Amen. In the next few years, once you are done school, once you are done school, you started working, you're going to get married. When you do get married, remember what I'm telling you. If you don't submit to the authority of your husband, women, you open the door to demonic dreams. You know what? If you don't submit to the authority of your husband. And that is why. Are you listening? Hello? That is why right now it is so important that you pray about who that husband is going to be. Because you don't want a crazy person being your husband. Right? You have to pray that you will find a person who has as his head Christ. Because that's how God designed it. If I am submitted to Christ, there's no way I'm going to maltreat my wife or put her down. No way. So you need a husband who fears God. That should be your number one list and prayer topic. A husband who fears God. The other relationship that God has set is the relationship between children and their parents. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.2, who can quote that scripture? Belinda, Ephesians 6.1 and 2. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Yes, read it, Nana. obey your parents in the Lord Honor and Amen. Obey your parents in the Lord. Okay? For this is right. Honor your father and mother. Okay? This is the first commandment with a promise. A promise is that you will live long. What that means is, as long as your mom or dad is not telling you to do something that is against what God has told in his Bible, you have to obey and honor them. So if my mom or dad is telling me to Go and steal. So I'm walking with them in the shop and then my mom or dad is saying, you know, pick that thing up, pick it up. Be quick. Be quick and let's get out. So shoplift. What if they tell you you shouldn't yeah. obey. When someone calls and they say ha. Oh, <laughs> you have to get you have to pray for wisdom. No, no, no. That I, I don't do have wisdom. You have to pray for wisdom. I would say i would say i'm sorry i can't say that you can either not answer the phone or you answer the phone yourself your mom says she my mom says she's not home (laughs) oh (laughs) my goodness all right let's move on the third The third um, relationship where God has established authority that you shouldn't reject is the authority that your pastor has over you. You know, it's a spiritual relationship. Like all of you guys, I'm your pastor in a way. And all of us, we are Pastor Isaac also as our pastor. Right? God respects that relationship. And there is a certain protection through my praying for you, because I pray for you guys. There's a certain protection that comes over you because I pray for you. And there's a certain protection that is over me and over the whole congregation because Pastor Isaac and Mama Olivia, they are praying for us. The Bible actually talks about it. It says, for they watch for your souls. Just like, you know, the watchman watches and takes care of the sheep so that no animal catches the sheep. That is the job of the pastor. A pastor actually means a shepherd. Okay. So, God has established that relationship. Now, when you disregard that relationship and you, for instance, talk about me behind my back, insult me, or um, don't show me respect, those kind of things, you open the door for demonic dreams. You know? Like myself, if Pastor Isaac, I don't respect him, but I'm not bold enough to show it. You know, there are people who are not bold enough to show it. But behind them, you talk about them. You, you backbite here and there. When I do that, I might go to bed and I'll see an elephant wearing a hat with a long tail chasing me. <laughs> In a demonic dream. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And then I just walked outside and everything seemed so suspicious. So, at first of all, no one was outside, literally, like, And there's always at least one person. So, like, it was just pitch black, and no one was outside. Then, when I was coming back, I seen a cat and a raccoon mixed together, just walking in front of me. This just is like at a, demonic a, a demonic vision. A demonic vision. All right, let's wrap up. Guys, let's wrap up. Our communion is waiting. The last point is that when you engage... When you engage in foolish conversation, you open the door to demonic dreams. It says... Yes, I'm going to define it. Now it says... They speak evil of dignitaries. They speak evil of dignitaries. Let's see what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 3 and 7. Beverly, read it. For a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there is also that but fear God. Right. So, there's a scripture also in Proverbs which says in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Right? When you talk too much, there's a greater chance of sinning. And that's why the Bible says, be slow to speak and quick to hear. Okay? Okay? So when we, when, when, when we say, if you engage in foolish conversation, we're talking of talking too much to the extent where now you are saying things you shouldn't even say, or talking about people you shouldn't even venture to even talk about. You know, sometimes you, you start a conversation with your friend and you're just talking about issues, whatever, and all of a sudden, you're talking about pastors. They are talking about churches. Those are things you shouldn't even talk about because... Jesus said, whoever touches you touches the apple of my eye. Now, if the pastor is a servant of Jesus and you are talking about him, who are you talking about? You're talking about Jesus. Jesus will take you on personal. (laughs) Do you get it? And that is why you should avoid certain conversations. There are certain conversations people will come ask you, oh, what do you think about this? You know what your response should be? I don't think anything about it. I have no comment. I have no opinion about it. I don't want to talk about it. Do you get it? We are going to eat the muffins. All right. Now, look at this other scripture. Um, Anel, read it for me. Mm hmm. Right, talk about foolish talk, coarse joking, and the guys. <coughs> right, but he's talking about joking that is out of place. You know that some some people make fun of everything. Uh, it's not everything that you should make fun of. this girl that makes fun of people all the time. That's, you know, right. kids are gonna come out like that. Exactly, I told you that. So, so, so the point the point is that you should watch your speech. If you don't want to open the door to demonic dreams. Watch your speech, okay? Don't engage in certain conversations that is above you. You shouldn't talk about. We'll we'll stop here. Next week, God willing. Next week, God... Hello? Next week, God willing, we'll be looking at how to interpret your dreams or interpreting dreams. And then... We will look at how to respond to your dreams if we have time. Otherwise, we'll continue the following week. Have you learned something today? Any question? Princess, did you learn something today? What do you Brianna, did you learn something today? Do you want to hear what I learned? Uh-huh. Okay, so I learned that the mental that you have, like, the devil can come into your brain. Uh-huh uh-huh yeah, <laughs> and what what will allow them to come um engaging in stuff that you're not supposed to like, like what se- uh-huh. i was going to get uh-huh <laughs> sexual immortality uh-huh morality uh-huh yeah. um, cu- cults uh-huh Ooh, she was listening I yeah. that. Oh, also that it's good to like forgive people right and not to people. right that one really spoke to Right. Princess, it's, it's, that, that is a good point That's now. a good point Okay, so we're going to have our communion Let's pray um, concerning what we've heard We want to talk to God There are some things that you heard that you know in your own life I need help with Lord Jesus, help me It's your prayer I want to ask God to help you If you're dealing with any sexual sin You're dealing with any issue Somebody offended you You need to let go of that person Um, you realize that you talk too much sometimes and you talk about things you shouldn't talk about, you just want to pray and ask God to help you. First, ask for forgiveness and ask that any door that's been opened to demonic dreams be, be, be closed and ask for Jesus to help you from now on. Pray. Father, we thank you today. Guys, we're praying, guys, we're praying. I want to ask Nana to pray for us. Nana, pray. I pray that leave, we you we will go and uh, use what Pastor Cheryl taught us and apply it to our lives so that we can succeed. And uh, I pray that you help us not to forget about it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Doesn't she do well? Good, good prayer.